As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. Welcome back, or welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast, where we sometimes discuss U.S. Olympic athletes, Adult film stars, sportsman drag racing. I am joined as always by my co-host, Big Jed Jared Pennington, for part two of our annual Potties Award Show. Big Jed, do you want to bring the listeners up to speed? We awarded four potties in part one. Those went to you muted. What? I was muted. There you go. That hardly ever happens to me. Our best win of the 2022 season receiving the potty was Lucas Walker at the Spring Fling Million. Our best appearing driver was none other than Kyle Bigley, Mr. Well. 50K. The what the moment of the season, I guess I should have said WTF, was Troy Stafford in the pre-staging battle at the New Year's Nationals to bring in the new year, 2022. Uh, tried to get himself kicked out of the race, uh, which is a very odd strategy. And <laughs> the most dominant weekend slash event of the year was Ryan Butler at the Ultimate 64. He uh, he had seven finals and 51 passes at that event, hitting the bottom for most of that, but with some top bulb entries too. Seven finals in a weekend. So those were our four potties that were awarded uh, in last week's show, Luke. In the time since, we have reached out to you, hashtag loyal listeners, and you've responded in droves. We had literally hundreds of responses to the poll that we put out to supply nominations and ultimately decide a handful of the potties that we will be handing out this week here on the show. The illustrious potty. It is the annual award show in a way, Big Jed, that I think it's fair to say only we can do it. Nobody does it like this, Luke. I mean, the potty is a, is a coveted award that bracket racers and sportsman racers long for. And, you know, that's what we're here for is to is to award them to the uh, to the right recipients. So um, let's get started. Sounds good. Story of the year. This is one that we actually most of what we put on our our listener poll was um, was a write-in vote. This is one where we we highlighted a handful and and then allowed for write-in vote. And to be completely honest, Big Jed, this one's a layup. And the listeners voted very much the same way that we expected. 
Slam dunk. We, we covered this, obviously, uh, about uh, middle of November, I believe. But Bob Locke's story is maybe the story of the decade so far. Uh, but it's definitely story of the year. Uh, Bob, obviously, with some health challenges, battled through that. Um, made a run towards the end of the year that put him in a position to make a run if you will. And uh, Bob was not going to chase the dream of the championship, decided that, you know, he would just reach out and see if, if there was any support that, uh, that he could receive that would help him make the long trip out west, stay out there for a few weeks and, and make, you know, an attempt to, to get the Super Gas World Championship. And by God, Luke, he not only accomplished the goal, he had to win the final race at the final event. And Luke, I remember a little bit about it, but what did he do? He won the damn race. He won the damn race to secure the Super Gas World Championship, uh, a dream of his, uh, not only for the season, but for life and you know, had basically everything in the world going against him, but overcame it all to, to get that Super Gas World Championship. Just an incredible story that he shared with us here on the podcast. It was that, and it could be no other. This was, like you say, a layup. It, it dominated the fan vote. Uh, so congrats on your potty. We didn't even have the envelope, please. Like this one, we took all the drama out of this. Bob Lock, potty. <laughs> For story of the year, I think it is worth mentioning. Uh, Ryan Barnes got some votes for his victory at the SFG 500, which probably was not as improbable necessarily as Bob Locke's championship. But the story of that weekend was pretty incredible. I, if if memory serves, Big Jed coming into the five hundred thousand dollar to win main event, Ryan Barnes was O for the weekend. I believe it was like O for eight, and then flipped that on its head to win whatever it was, 10 straight rounds to win one of the biggest paydays of 2022. Yeah, an amazing story in its own right. Certainly, uh, you know, it could have definitely, if nothing else, been uh, been a battle or battled for best weekend or event. Uh, when you when you couple all the, the losses with the huge win, but you know, we're talking about story of the year lasting all year for Bob Locke. So again, as you said, easy win. Dan Fletcher getting number 106, huge deal, an amazing accomplishment uh, for sure for uh, one of the best to ever do it for Fletch. Uh, but I think even he, knowing the how challenging it is to chase a world championship and knowing how when the odds are against you and you have to come down to, to the last round at the last race, to win it and you go do that, I think even Fletch would say Bob's very deserving. No doubt. Fletcher's 106 national event victories, the, the significance of that, that put him number two on the all-time list behind, who's number one? Number one in yeah. all-time? Yeah, most national event NHRA wins. I'm trying to blank. Oh, yeah, John Force. Fletch oh, number yeah, two behind gross. John Force. I was going to say Fletcher is number one, but yeah, you're talking about people that's paid to do it. Okay. I get it. All right, so congratulations, Bob Locke. First potty of the day. <laughs> Story of the year. We move on, Big Jed. Our next category, best single round. And this is one, this was, this was a write-in nomination uh, among the hashtag loyal listeners. And we got a lot of worthy notifications. I think let's roll through them relatively briefly. And then Big Jed, I'm, I'm going to throw this one to you. You are going to decide the potty single-handedly. Ready? I'm ready. <clears throat> All right. Listener nominations. The $25,000 final at the Kill Care TB Promotions event featuring Troy Williams Jr. versus Jeff Sarah not only for the marquee matchup that that is, right, two top 10 drivers in our sport, but also for the timing. This was uh, within two months after Jeff's brother Sean's untimely passing. And then just compound all of that by the way that the race actually went down. If memory serves, Jeff Sarah actually got timed out 
And in a move very reminiscent of what we saw Troy's brother Gary do late in the million dollar race in 2020, Troy just immediately said, no, 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 not like that. Waved over to Jeff, back him up. Let's try that again. Let's get this right. And then proceeded to have a perfect light and win the damn race. So that was a good one. We got Bob Locke versus Brian Presler, one round for the world championship, kind of piggybacking on the story of the year, that final round at Pomona. We've got Tucker Kanslar versus Race Tarleton, million dollar race final, always a candidate for round of the year. Big Jed, those were the listener nominations. We've got several more to hit through, but any passing thoughts on those first three? Uh, Luke, all incredible uh, runs and rounds and, and certainly, um, you know, hit all of social media, tons of attention on all of it and, and a lot of fanfare around all of them. But, um, you know, there's a clear favorite for me. I know we got some more to discuss, but there's a clear favorite for me just because of the impact, not only on racing, but just humanity in general. So, uh, I've, I've got a clear favorite so far. Okay. Agreed. Pete Tagnolo versus Greg Stanfield round four, Las Vegas national event, all of the hubbub leading up to this. I won't spend a ton of time on it now because we covered it in depth when it happened, but the round that at the, at the moment felt like it 100% would decide the NHRA Superstock world championship in the end, it didn't right. Greg Stanfield won the battle. Pete Tagnolo won the war, but I think what stands out about this particular matchup, forget the the parties involved and the stakes, was that they both lived up to it in the moment, right? Pete Tagnolo 20 take four on a blind round on an early on a Sunday morning. And meanwhile, five-time NHRA world champion, Greg Stanfield in the other lane, six, six thou under. Like it's what you would expect from both of them. Stanfield gets the double breakout win again, won the battle, lost the war. This one came up as I was going back through show notes from earlier in the year, Big Jed, and I couldn't find the exact details. So feel free if you remember them to correct me if I'm off. But $50,000 to win event, New Media Dragway, no split final, which is not unheard of, but I think we can agree rare with that kind of stakes in line. And a previous potty award winner, already potty award winner this season, Kyle Bigley, got that no split final round victory over Jesse Alberts. And if I'm not mistaken, staging up no split 50 grand final, eight thousands package lost. Bigley six total, Alberts eight total. Is that the way that went down? Uh, Luke, I don't remember the numbers exactly but in my head it was five total to eight total uh i felt okay. like i felt that like alberts better. uh you know got um i mean uh I, I think i felt like he got uh laid down eight total and got three change but i could be wrong on that but it, it's epic round for sure definitely nasty and given the stakes pretty incredible i did throw into the 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 final day of the spring fling million in Las Vegas, that final round for $30,000, because coming into that final round, David Meyer had been perfect on the tree, not just in the semis, but also in the quarters, back-to-back perfect lights. And so his opponent, Pete Pennington, said, you know, I need to step up my game. I ain't been perfect. So he laid down nothing in the final. Back-to-back perfect lights from the eventual runner-up coming into the final, and then a perfect run end-to-end for Peeps Pennington in the final. That final round matchup and outcome, I think, certainly deserves a nomination. And Big Jed, the last one that I'll add that I, I realize probably won't win and maybe not won't even resonate with all of our audience, but you and I were there to watch this. And that Christmas on the Coast Junior Dragster Invitational Final between Cole Canarium and Jesse Fritz, like the run itself, I don't think was all that amazing. It wasn't stellar necessarily in either lane. But the context of it, the hype around that event, first and foremost, and the the electricity in the air, and then just the fact that those are two drivers that are aging out of junior dragsters, going head to head on the biggest stage in that form of the sport. And it's essentially going to be their last run down the racetrack for each of them in a junior dragster with all of that on the line. Like it was, it's one of those moments, right? There's rare moments. Like I, I, I got all up in the fields. That was pretty cool. I, I think that definitely qualifies as a, as a nomination for round of the year. 
Yeah, definitely good to see that uh, junior dragster event final round in the mix. Um, you know, if this were a show on junior dragsters, uh, that that would easily have won this. But you know, uh, obviously the 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 ones that we've discussed prior all have great meaning and and have had a great impact on the racing scene. Uh, certainly, you know, the peeps going perfect and getting that win and that super stock run between Stanfield and Diagnolo that, that had so much riding on it, or, or at least seemingly at the time. So that was a huge battle and both performed very well. But for me, Luke, again, there's a clear favorite here. When you think about Troy Williams Jr. and Jeff Sarah staging up in not anywhere close to the biggest money final round that either have staged at, but certainly just the timing of it all and the fact that, you know, Sarah is, is, you know, has just lost his brother very recent to this event, Troy close to this, that those pair of Sarah's and, you know, I'm sure there was emotion running high in both of their bodies and, you know, Jeff getting timed out, which is extremely rare for him. Who knows what was causing that? You know, maybe, maybe he had a little bit of extra reflection going on there in the pre-stage process. And then Troy having the, the wherewithal to just stop and say, no, nah, no, nah, we're, we're not going to do it this way. You know, I'm certainly not giving up. I'm not going to take the win that way, and I'm certainly not going to give him anything. We're going to race for this like two all-stars should do. Uh, by the way, both picked in the first 12, so they are all-stars. And the way all that played out, and then for Troy to lay down the lap that he laid down and, and make such an incredible run, just everything that, that that race had within it, to me, is the best single round of the year and deserves the potty. Yeah, I think I would lean that way as well. Good pick, Big Jed. The potty goes to, hold on, hold on. I think we might've been premature oh. there. I've got the envelope here in front of me. The potty <laughs> for best head-to-head -head matchup, best single round of the season goes to. Troy Williams Jr. and Jeff Sarah in the TB Promotions event at Kill Care 25K final round. Congratulations. To both of you guys. All right. So thus far on uh, on this evening's show, we have we have awarded Bob Locke, Troy Williams Jr., and Jeff Sarah with potties. We're off to a good start. We always get off to a good start here, Luke. The next potty, the next category in the potties. Favorite racing-related social media account to follow. This is one that uh, is heavily coveted year in and year out. Big Jed, run us through the listener-submitted nominations. All right, Luke, the, the listeners uh, had some really good ones here. And, uh, you know, we, we've got some that are repeats from our votes in past potty awards, but uh, in no particular order. Going Bracket Racing, uh, that shows on the YouTube channel. I watched it earlier, had Galen Rollison on it. Really good show. Uh, Casey Beckmeyer and George Atchison Jr. do a wonderful job with Going Bracket Racing. Uh, of course, Double O Bleep Show, uh, you know, a fan favorite for <laughs> who knows how many followers they have. That, that, uh, that social follow is excellent. Um, Gall Star, obviously, uh, friend of the podcast, Thomas Gall, uh, and he's expanding his network and getting more people involved under his banner. And uh, that's been fun to watch. Definitely love Gall Star. And those guys are starting to put on some events now. So good stuff. WTR, I mean, you know, if you if you like rough and, uh, and you know, just a little bit abrasive, uh, WTR is, is a great follow as well. I enjoy it. That's a that's a former winner of this award. And I was a little bit surprised, like didn't get a ton of nominations in the fan vote. Not a lot of love. Well, I think the WTR uh, group has uh, tapered off just a little bit in terms of their social media um, coverage. But, um, you know, it, what they post is still really, really good to watch. Of course, Drag Champ. It's quality we love drag over champ. quantity. Yes. 
And we love Drag Champ. Uh, Gary Donfrey and his staff do a wonderful job of Drag Champ. Uh, if you want to know what's going on in, in our world, sportsman drag racing, those guys are covering it from junior dragsters all the way to big money brackets. Danny Bastianelli, former winner, I believe, of the potty, maybe the first potty that we awarded. I believe so. And and Danny like went up a couple of notches just today as we record. Did you happen to see his most recent postage, Jed? <laughs> Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady, uh, you know, might've had, uh, well, you're talking about the Tom Brady tie to. No, I missed this. Go, did, oh. please share. Okay. Well, Danny's Danny's sharing, uh, Tom Brady's uh, new girlfriend. Uh, he's, he's sharing photos and kind of makes sense as to why Tom was throwing them in the dirt last night. You know, he needed to get the season over at this, <laughs> this you know, he, he may, he might've realized we're not a super bowl team, so let's just get this season done and, uh, and I can get to the house. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> The post that that I was referencing, I just saw it this afternoon. It was circa 1985 Gator Nationals. Winner's circle picture from Stock Eliminator. Care to take a guess at who may have won Stock Eliminator 1985 Gators? The 85 Gators Stock Eliminator. Oh, my goodness. I have no idea. Zero idea. How about Happy Harry, a 24-year-old Jim Harrington gracing oh, the winner circle, stuff. Wally in hand, joined in said winner circle by Big John Labuse and what I would venture to say is under ten year old Little John Labuse. Wow! Oh, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff, Danny. We don't give repeat potties, so you're basically eliminated from the conversation. But that that move there that 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 definitely took you up a notch on the on the ladder. Yeah, and that's Luke's way of saying, regardless of potty awards, if you don't follow Danny, you need to follow him. He's good stuff. Uh, Rob Crop failed. <laughs> Rob is, you know, he's he's just straight and to the point, and just a lot of fun. Uh, you don't you don't get a lot of uh, mixed mixed stuff with uh, with Rob. He, he's he's going to let you know what he's Rob, thinking. The content gets incredibly more invigorating the later in the night we get i don't know what the correlation there is but rob gets more entertaining in in the evening hours with without question yeah who knows what's leading to that (laughs) but i'd like to find out of course our old buddy jake hodge uh you know in the the notes uh, between the, the ecf fiasco which you know his his son was done completely wrong easton was and the sfg rant uh, and, and everything else, you know, Jake's, Jake's, uh, got a lot of interesting stuff on social media. So he's a fun follow. And, you know, I added one late today, funny car, Chris, funny car, Chris is a, is a good time as well, uh, as he's taken over the reins at, uh, Gleason, uh, raceway or dragway, whatever it is in Gleason, Tennessee. So he's always got a lot of interesting stuff too. We got to keep better notes on this. I know Funny Car has been nominated in the past. Maybe he hasn't won the potty, but yeah, we've we've definitely touched on this before. Yeah, I don't remember all the former winners, and I don't remember how many potty shows we've done, Luke. So I know Bastianelli and Sweet Carol McCarty has won, but I'm not sure who else has won. um, So obviously, Danny Bastianelli is eliminated, but out of that list, Luke... I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to you to reveal who wins the potty for social account follow of the year. All right, so I'm gonna go a direction that that if I'm gonna be completely transparent, didn't get the most nominations from our group. But ultimately, we decide the potty's big jet. We discussed this pre-show. You're darn right. The like, if I just need entertainment and it's not an everyday thing it's not an every week thing but the the guy that i just know if i check in every now and then we're gonna we're gonna jump it in there we're gonna stir the pot and it's going to be he's super entertaining and very unfiltered give me jake hodge social media follow of the year jake hodge congratulations you are social account follow of the year what a great award I'm sure Jake uh, is watching live right now. I know he doesn't miss the podcast. So congratulations, Jake. Our next award. We don't call it the has-been award. We call it the currently is award, right? Actually, we don't call it that either. We call it the back to the future award. And this is meant for <laughs> the the racer that that 
we know can do this at a high level, but maybe we just forgot how capable he or she was. And the racer that that provided a the loudest reminder in 2022, I think similar to our story of the year, Big Jed, this one was a layup. I'll touch base on a couple of the other worthy nominations and then kind of tee you up for the potty winner. So none of these that I'm going to talk about are going to win the potty, but nominated, worthy nominations, by the way. Tim Butler, who's just, Butler is ageless, man. He was. Yes. He has been doing this at a high level for, I don't think it is an exaggeration to say four decades, maybe more. Uh, Kevin McKenna would argue he's won more races than anyone. I think we'd have to get uh, a contest out between Chip Taylor, Steve Taylor, Chip Johnson, LaBoose, right? But Butler's definitely in that mix, and he just keeps doing it at a high level. He's Division II champion this season, earned himself a trip out to Las Vegas, constantly deep in the bigger money races in his region. So Butler, definitely a nominee, back to the future, but Butler never left, right? Also nominated Greg Stanfield, who just continues to make Superstock look so easy, two-plus decades after his first championship. Steve Withrow got some nominations. Dan Fletcher, again, he of the 106 career victories. Again, Fletch, I don't think one that ever really left. And Sugar Shane Carr even got some nominees. I, I feel like the Back to the Future Award is hitting a little bit close to home, Big Jed. These guys aren't any older than I am. Yeah, these are all, um, you know, legendary figures in the sport, Luke, and and certainly around our age, um, some much closer to my age than yours, but definitely yeah. guys that's been doing this for multiple decades and been doing it well for multiple decades. So certainly all very deserving of a mention on this award. By the way, Butch Weinrich has won more races than anybody in the history okay. of racing. So just to, to get that off the table, all those others have done great. But, um, but Luke, there's a, there's a clear winner that you didn't mention. There's a guy, and, and both of us know him well, and he gets out and races seemingly half a dozen times a year, maybe, maybe eight, and wins about five or six of those and then he won his, three 20 granders in 2022 yeah and three. He, he he probably raced in three 20 granders in 2022 uh and you know he he seems to win about 80 percent of the races he enters which is not very much so in a in an age where you've got to keep your skills honed and you have to keep the knife sharp and you have to mentally be prepared and and just work on the race car and make sure you're all good. This guy can get in a wheelbarrow and somehow come out and make it work. Peter Biondo, incredible year in terms of win percentage, certainly not as many wins as a bunch of racers on this list, but you know, when it, when the first 12 discussion started, everybody said peter you got to be in it you know he he would have been a clear pick in that he'd be a, a clear pick in any um history discussion about the greatest ever obviously you've got 1a 1b and you say he and scotty kind of flip-flop around in that area um who, who else would you want to be compared to other than the two greatest to ever do it and then certainly luke you know that the guy just goes about it the right way he really does. He's a, he's a humble man that just gets out there and does his thing and, and eats all shucks pie every time he, he gets a win and just an incredible talent and been doing it about as long as I have. This is my 39th year in racing and, and Peter's right along that same, same range and still getting it done at such a high level. Easy winner for me. Certainly a lot of love for Peter just uh, outside or off the racetrack. But uh, this is not a biased pick. I think uh, this would be an easy choice for anybody that knows anything about racing. How much would you give Big Jed for like a, a thought recorder of what's going through Peter Biondo's mind when the helmet goes on? Because to your point, you've got that 
kind of humble pie. Uh, you know, the, the, I, I hesitate to go all shucks with any of the Northeasterners because it's just a little <laughs> bit different vibe, right? Yeah, but, but there, is, there is a lot of humility involved, especially, you know, given his his resume and, and credentials. But there's got to, to the ability to just come in every two, three months and flip the switch like that. Like, I just want to know what's going through his mind in those moments, because if there is any self-doubt, it certainly doesn't show up, right? It would just be fascinating to hear what that process is like inside someone like Peter Biondo's head. Yeah, Luke, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it. I know we need to keep moving forward, but uh, Luke, he he drove my car at the, the Great American Guaranteed Million, so I got to to get you know, some discussions, have some discussions with him about strategy and what he planned to do. And when you think about B double O take double O and that being the strategy, uh, Peter's strategy was much more conservative than that. And I don't mean he's setting up 20, but he's comfortable being 11, 13 and knowing, just knowing in his head, I'm not going to just fall out of the car and miss it here. My miss is going to be 17, 19, so I'm comfortable with a, with a just getting all of it and being seven, but I'm going to live in that 11, 12, 13 range. And when he discussed his strategy, when he went out to the racetrack, it was exactly what he, what he was set up for. Exactly. So it was incredible just to see his mindset. And I guess when you're confident in what you're fixing to go out there and do to the level that he seems to be confident in it, uh, you don't really have to make the hero run because if you know, like if I set up 11, I know that my window is probably 12 or 13 thou. So I might be perfect, but I might be 25 too. So um, he doesn't have that thought in his head. It was, it was really neat to just watch him play out the strategy that he discussed and do it perfectly. A couple of internal awards, Big Jed, before we get to the reason that everybody's here. And that's our that's our two GOAT awards. First and foremost, these these stay here with us. These aren't really these aren't necessarily potties. They're just fun discussion. Worst sportsman drag racing podcast show prediction of the year. I'll fall on the sword, Big Jed. This one comes to me. Worst prediction of the year. But I'll say this. I was one round away from being Nostradamus here. Because in March, early March, I proclaimed Stock Eliminator World Championship over. It's Brad Burton and nobody else. And that didn't come to fruition. In the end, that was a disrespectful statement to Jimmy Hidalgo Jr., to the entire Stock Eliminator field. But Big Jed was one round away from being right. I weren't right, but I weren't wrong. I mean, I was wrong, but still a pretty decent call to be the worst prediction of the year a really good call considering that basically there might have been one event east of the mississippi at that point which was the gators uh you know maybe a, a divisional or two and you you basically made the ova call so you were either luke that was a great call because you were either going to get a potty for worst prediction or a potty for best prediction that's so it you, and you know we get it you were set up to win on the fence a lot here on the sportsman drag racing podcast there's sometimes we just got to put it all out there and this time it didn't yeah. come to fruition but still i'm proud of myself you were set up to win so congratulations on uh, on winning the worst prediction uh that uh that did not come to fruition but it was a dang good one for a while best prediction of the season get two that go to you big jed and these were solid early on I'm talking June, July, We just, when we first discussed the top dragster world championship and possibilities, I was kind of dismissive of one Jeremy Hancock simply because I said, well, he's going to win the division two championship, but he can't qualify at national events. It doesn't seem like he has any desire to go. He's not really a world championship threat. And you stepped right in big Jed and said, don't count out Jeremy Hancock, go dogs. Just a few months later, Look where we're at. All right. So that was a good one. And then most notably, I thought I had inside information. I literally parked across from Pete Dagnolo at the St. Louis Divisional event. He runnered up. He took the lead. And he said, I'm content with that. Win, lose, or draw, whatever happens next. 
that's either going to hold up or it's not like Stanfield's going to go to them races. I'm done. I'm going home. And I watched him pull out the gate headed for New York. And I thought, damn, he's going home and take it or leave it one way or the other. And you said, not so fast, my friend. PT is going to be out West. And I'm like, no, man, he, he told me he's not going out West. Lo and behold, three weeks later, who rolled into the strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway to lay claim to and ultimately win the NHRA Superstock World Championship? Pete Dagnola. Good call, Big Jed. Good call. Yeah, thanks, bud. I appreciate that. Um, definitely thought that, uh, that you know, Hancock's always a factor and thought that he would find a way. And fortunately, he did. So go dogs. And Pete D, you know, come on, man. You, you positioned yourself in a, in a great spot with a lot of time and effort and money. And there's no way you couldn't just finish that up. And, you know, he didn't quite finish it up the way that, that I thought he would look. He did go to Vegas and go home and just left it out there to, to see what happened, but he did enough. So good for Pete D, but the best prediction of the year came from you, my friend, you, are going to win the rare combination of best prediction and worst prediction. We, uh, we always, when we're talking about a mega event, discuss, okay, what, what do you think the car count's going to be? And, you know, I, I saw some big car counts this year, but, you know, I, we're, we were fortunate enough to, to get a view of the weather prior to the OG Million. And I knew this was going to be an extremely challenging event just because it was very cool temperatures. And when that happens, because everybody has weather, it affects the car count loop and that just people don't show up in huge numbers. You, however, had the confidence to say, mm, I just really feel like it's going to be good. And you said 634 entries would uh, be on the grounds at, uh, at the OG million for the surrounding races. That'd be the highest car count. Luke, it landed at 626 in a, in a, just an unknown environment, atmosphere, cold, challenging. You guess within eight entries of the highest number. That was an incredible prediction. Well, thank you. It wasn't that on. I'm proud that I, w I went in the right direction. At least I was holding eight. I didn't dumb myself out of it by eight. But yeah, like eight doesn't sound that close, but I mean, that's plus or minus like one and a half percent. Solid. Very solid. And for that, uh, I mean, I, I, I picked a, a guy to win a top dragster world championship that had, was already on the right track. I picked a, a guy to go out west for a super stock world championship that was positioned to win it with a, a couple of good things happened to him. You went blind, picked 634 at end of 626. Amazing prediction. And you need to make room on the mantle, my friend. You have won both the worst and best predictions of the 2022 season from the podcast. Congratulations, Luke. How is it that neither of those surprised me? PT, by the way, PT should play poker if he doesn't. He had me convinced, man. 100%. I, yeah. I'm like, man, there is a man that is at peace with whatever happens. He's going home. Well, he probably meant that at the time. But, you know, you get home and your buddies are saying, hey, what, are you crazy? You know, so got some outside influence. What, are you crazy? It's only 3,000 miles. <laughs> All right, for Bob Locke. Two awards left of the same verbal name if you see these in print you realize that they're a little bit different it is the the most notorious perhaps and, and the most prestigious awards that we have to offer here in the potties the first the goat of the year the second the goat of the year first lowercase g-o-a-t goat of the year and again let me explain because we have gotten into some hot water in this on the past i think <laughs> on the, the the listener form that so many again of you hashtag loyal listeners uh took the time to respond to we appreciate you tremendously i i think i explained it succinctly in one in one sentence goat of the year lowercase g-o-a-t goat of the year who took the most blame either fairly or unfairly in sportsman drag racing in 2022 who do we tend to pile on to 
there were a handful of nominations. We'll run through them briefly, but I'm, I'm telling you, I I think 80% of the vote, and this was the write-in vote, went to one name. So first, the nominations that that did not win. The obvious ones, Million Dollar Race, Capital City Motorsports Park. Uh, Danny Hoff got a couple of nominations uh, just for the the electric vehicle. He's kind of the face of that, at least on the East Coast. And and rightly or wrongly, the um, the uh, the the spotlight that that's under and that he's under as to whether or not that should be involved in, in legally competing against uh, you know traditional uh, naturally aspirated cars. Ryan Gleghorn got a nomination or two for uh, the, his his role in uh, in crashing Jake Hodges' car at your event, Big Jed. Yes. In fact, yes. You, you may have spurred the 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 blame there, right? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. <laughs> and then I, I thought it was fitting too. Corey Galetti got a couple of votes here for um, again lowercase go to the year, just because I feel like he was the one that that got piled onto following the SFG event in, in Bradenton for winning after coming through the what do they call that? It's not a mulligan. It's the jackpot. Jackpot, yeah, treasure pot. I don't remember. What yeah, it's called. which in reality, Corey's just taking advantage of the rules presented to him. Yeah, right? he didn't do anything wrong, right? No, not upset with Corey at all. Those are all worthy nominations, but the overwhelming landslide winner of lowercase G O A T goat of the year. Kyle Riley and SFG Promotions, Big Jed. And I thought that this was super fitting because not only did Kyle Riley get the vast majority of the votes here, but again, let's go back to the phrasing on this. Who took the most blame, either fairly or unfairly, in sportsman drag racing in 2022? Of the voters that followed up with any kind of explanation, and there were several, the the, the way that they qualified the vote for Kyle Riley was almost split right down the middle, fairly, fairly took the most blame, blame, or unfairly took the most blame. And I feel like that is such a microcosm for the polarizing figure that Kyle Riley and SFG Promotions has become because he's got his followers, he's got his supporters that love everything that SFG does. And he's got the polar opposite, the naysayers that will not attend an SFG race, will not vouch for it. Like, it's and it and it seems like there are very few people in the middle, right? Split one way or the other, and I, th- I just thought it was fitting. It was the overwhelming vote, but also split almost down the middle as to what what was the perception of that go to the year award for Kyle Riley. Yeah, Luke. So you know you, you've got it listed. Is it fair? Is it unfair? Kyle is uh, is definitely a polarizing figure. He he, you know, has paid out tons of money, put on some huge mega events for the last several years and has made himself, you know, again, fairly or unfairly, an easy target for uh, a discussion like this. Um, I think the people that attend Kyle's events absolutely love him. You know, they're they're all about it and they enjoy his format. Uh, obviously, they attend, so that's that's easy to say. And the people that don't attend, you know, they 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 get after him pretty good. Uh, on the flip side, uh, saw a lot of, lot of online activity uh, during the the Bradenton event that was his last event. Um, just for you know, people that wasn't there, just offering their opinion, you know, uh, getting after him some, and the ones that were there heavily defended everything, every decision. So, you know, for whatever reason. He, he is definitely on the radar for most people and most people feel they want to, they need to share their opinion about him. But that for that reason, obviously he gets a lot of blame for whatever and fairly or unfairly and fits to make him the, the lowercase go to the year. So uh, the, the fans chimed in and, you know, the, the numbers were huge just either way for him but you know there was a lot of votes coming in one way or another so definitely uh definitely uh, has earned the award uh right or wrong it is it's an it's an obvious pick and i think um fairly or unfairly like we or, or specifically i have been quick to criticize kyle in in certain moments i think I would like to think that that we do that with basically every promoter, right? Like if there's something that we don't agree with, we'll say so. 
uh, and at the same time heap that praise on. Zooming out just a little bit, we we discussed this briefly off air, Big Jed. Whether you're a fan or not of of Kyle Riley and the SFG and the way that they they do business, I do think it's a fascinating conversation to think about. And maybe this will be more clear a decade, two decades from now as we look back. Like now, say we look back on the legacy of a, a George Howard or or someone of that nature and how much they changed the game. Just in their relatively brief time as a as a promoting body, if you will, like SFG has done some things that were initially looked at as odd off the wall, like that's not going to be accepted. Let's take for now, and and to be completely transparent, I hope the jackpot thing does not catch fire and become widely accepted. Like I, I hate that. But we said the same thing about Jacob Riley and NSFG. They were the first to split up, not necessarily the first to split dragsters and door cars. I, I think Kyle Seipel can lay claim to the first to, to do that on a high level. But to take a big dollar bracket race split into dragsters, door cars, no box, and run them each as essentially a separate class to completion with separate buy runs each round and merge in late, that had never really been done before, SFG. And now it's commonplace. Like it's almost the accepted method. Um, Similarly, same car, same driver, double entries. Like that's been in and out of vogue, I guess, in the past. But at the highest levels of our sport, that wasn't a thing until SFG made it a thing. And now every, seemingly every big dollar race has adopted that model. Like it is, again, you you don't, you may like it, you may not, but to say that SFG hasn't had a tremendous impact and influence on our sport is just not accurate. Those are just a couple of prime examples, but uh, there's a lot of things that 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 man has done that might've been gotten the side eye that as years later, like most of us realize like, oh, Maybe that's the best way to do things, or, or at the very least, that's what the market seems to want. Yeah, well said, Luke. Um, you know, again, people can view it any way they want to view it, but um, but really, you know, he's had a he's had a huge impact on the the sport that we love to participate in, and um, doesn't it doesn't look like the the changes that he has influenced or even started the foundation for doesn't look like they're going to change anytime soon. So I think his impact is, is going to be long lasting and certainly, you know, now uh, adding a million dollar, another million dollar race at the end of this year, you know, in Bradenton around Christmas, just, you know, he's bold, he's a bold promoter and uh, we'll see how that strategy plays out. But Certainly, uh, he, he's doing a lot of really good things in the sport. Um, there's been some bad, too, but he's he's doing good things, too. So I can see why all the opinions are out there about uh, about the SFG brand, which they say no press is bad press, Luke. So I guess that's a really good thing for Kyle. Well, if, if Kyle Riley is in the content business, and I think it's fair to say that he is, he's winning because we're talking about him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Kyle Riley. SFG Promotions, the lowercase G-O-A-T, GOAT of 2022. Big Jed, the final potty of the year, the most prestigious, the most coveted. It is the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, greatest of all time of 2022. The GOAT Award, Big Jed. We rolled this out to the hashtag loyal listeners. We gave four nominations. Plus, we had a, a write-in ballot you could make. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll make a strong case for each of the four. Ultimately, we'll let the listeners decide this one. We do have a winner. The, 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 the envelope is in. Okay. I think before we get there, it's worth noting some of the write-ins, right? Some of the, some of the names that we didn't necessarily present. Corey Galitti got by far the most write-in votes. He actually rivaled uh, one of our nominees in terms of votes, and his name wasn't initially on the list. So Corey Galetti, definitely a, a worthy uh, nominee for the GOAT, the capital G, capital A. Cap- I can't even spell Big Jet. I'm so excited. The capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, GOAT of the year. Also receiving votes, votes Gary Williams, his son Donovan Williams. Keith Mayer's Big Jed, Super Street World Champion of 2022. Lest we forget, Aaron Dysinger, who 
had an incredible season. I don't think that the the wins necessarily stack up when when compared with the the other four nominees. But if we went back to the Peter Biondo school, like the the batting average, right? The wins per per appearance, or perhaps the dollars won per appearance. It's hard to argue with Dysinger in the season he had, right? Yeah, it's very difficult. Uh, he he definitely, you know, his OG million weekend could have been uh, weekend of the year, but just, um, you know, that was hard to beat what Butler did. Good point. Good point. All right. So the four nominees that we listed, I think, again, we could make a solid case for any of them. Big Jed, give me the case for Lucas Walker, GOAT of the year of 2022. Well, obviously, Lucas is uh, is a guy that puts a lot in the sport, Luke. He, he goes to all the major events. Uh, as I stated uh, last week, Lucas doesn't he, – he made 26 final rounds in 2022, and he doesn't just Saturday night wait, race. Wait, 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 what? What? Yeah, 26. There's I 52 would, I, weeks in the year if you raced every week. That's a final every other weekend, including the months that nobody races. <laughs> exactly yeah that's if you raced them all but uh, and I, I don't know how many he won but it was a it was a large number but Lucas doesn't find himself in the in the typical Saturday night final round the, the $500 ones he goes to the events that has the most talent in it uh, one spring fame spring spring fling million 30k off the bottom with all that circumstance around it all that stuff that was going on the 40k golf Gulfport Turkey Beach Bash that he won off the bottom with a perfect run. I mean, triple zero, dead zero. Uh, New Year's National is 10K, no box win. I, I hit him up and told him good luck. And I think it was a 10 and, and maybe a 20 the next day. And I hit him up and told him good luck. And he said, no, nah, I'm going home. Might have won that one if he stuck around. Baton Rouge, 5K, no box win. Um, you know, always does well on the mountain at Bristol at our events. Um you know, he, he just continues to to rise to the top always. And if this was a foot break discussion or a bottom bulb only discussion, this would be your clear winner. But, you know, unfortunately, I don't think Lucas has quite the resume in comparison to the people that we're about to talk about, but certainly very worthy of men mention in this discussion because it is just he's an incredible racer and had an incredible year. Well, our nominees here, in addition to Lucas Walker, Kevin Brannon, Kyle Coltrera, Matt Dadis. I think all due respect to, to Corey Galetti and everyone else mentioned, like I think these four separated themselves over the course of the year. The reason that we wanted to bring up Lucas first is because the other three resumes are comparable, right? You you can just you can kind of differentiate, compare, contrast, make your argument where you will. Lucas's resume is completely stands alone. He was in twice as many final rounds as anyone else, right? Now, granted, the mark and the mark, and the wins were big, right? You got a thirty thousand dollar win, a forty thousand dollar win, but when you compare them to million dollar race wins, one hundred thousand dollar wins, like the, the there's less at the top of the chain there, but there's more body of work, right? So how do you even compare or contrast the two? And factor in too that, that several of Lucas's final rounds were no box finals in, in route to, you know, and ultimately a, a combined final, right? So it's almost like double hitting it in, in some cases. Difficult to compare to quantify the two. I'll give you the case, Big Jed. Let me give you the case for Kevin Brannon. Just like this is pretty incredible because the the line, if you're trying to di differentiate between KB, Kyle Coltrera, and Matt Dadis, is super thin. All three, but if we just draw the line at fifty thousand dollar or bigger final rounds, all three of those drivers we just mentioned appeared in three such final rounds in 2022. Three times they staged up for fifty thousand dollars to win or more in one year. And all three of them went two and one in those attempts. Of the three, I think you could, certainly Kevin's win at the Spring Fling Million was the richest, the most prestigious. Okay? He added to that with a $75,000 win to close the year at the SFG event in Bradenton and a $50,000 runner-up at the OG Million along the way. 
He picked up a pair of $20,000 wins, one in a door car at the, the Loose Rocker $20,000 door car event, one in a dragster at the uh, Spring Fling Galat, where he also won MVP. He added a $30,000 runner-up at the Fall Fling Bristol, a couple of $5,000 wins close to home, a $10,000 win in Darlington. Like The list just goes on and on and on. If you're looking strict resume, like it's a fine line, but I actually think when we stack up accomplishments... Coming into this, my vote 100% went to Kyle Coltrera. I just felt like he owned the year. When I actually stacked the resumes side by side, the edge is slight. It's minimal. But I think I would almost have to give it to KB. That's the argument for Kevin Brandon. Give me the argument for Matt Dattis. Well, Luke, Matt doesn't have a dragster. He doesn't have the (laughs) ultimate repeater. Okay? Matt does this in door cars. And he's done it in multiple door cars it's like this guy buys a door car and just for fun and he puts a couple of his little touches on the tune and he goes and it's as competitive as you can possibly get obviously he makes great runs as well talking about a guy that in his door car only won the 75k or won one of the 75ks at the sfg in bradenton uh, a 50k win at the tb promotions kill care event a fall fling 30k win that you know again had its share of challenges with with a lot going on there and and you know door cars moving around there it was it was windy it was challenging and he takes the door car all the way through it and gets the win uh bradenton snowbirds 20k win ran himself in the final of a 10k at martin prior to the sfg event uh a 5k win at the tb event in the gamblers race um, 50K runner-up at Gateway at the TB Promotions event. 15K runner-up at Pittsburgh. I don't know if you're hearing this, Luke. I'm talking about from Bradenton to, you know, Ohio to Pennsylvania to to uh, St. Louis. I mean, the guy's everywhere. Uh, has won a $2,500 no-box race. Uh, obviously, very diverse. And uh, MVP of two TB Promotions events. And all of this done from the door car side, all of this done in, I guess, one of each of his three main door cars that he races in. Guy's an incredible talent. And we talk about Lucas Walker and how great he is. These other guys on your list, they can't do what Lucas does. This guy, this guy, you give him about 20 runs off the foot and dedicate him to foot brake racing, he can compete with the best there is. This guy's diverse. He's talented. He's amazing. And he certainly deserves to be in the discussion for GOAT of the year. Capital G-O-A-T. All right, I'll close with the argument for one Kyle Coltrera. The arbitrary mark I used to compare the three initially was $50,000 and up final rounds, where I said that Kevin Brand and Matt Dattis, Kyle Coltrera, had all appeared in three. Let's arbitrarily move that mark up a notch. $75,000 or bigger final rounds. Kyle Coltrera still appeared in three. KB, two. Matt Dattis, one. Let's take the mark up yet again. $100,000 to win final rounds. Kyle Coltrera appeared in two. One, two. Kevin Brandon, obviously, Springfield Million, that's one. Matt Dattis did not appear in a $100,000 final round. Coltrera won two in a month. Winner of the spring, uh, the Summer Fling Columbus, winner of the Darlington SFG, $100,000 each. Runner-up to the aforementioned Kevin Brandon at the season-ending SFG uh, Christmas event in Bradenton for $75,000. And that wasn't all. Coltrera won a 20 grander in Galat. He won a 20 grander in new media. Oh, by the way, you mentioned Matt Dattis and his bottom bulb proclivity. At that $20,000 race that he won at Galat, Caltrera rolled to the final round of foot break. $6,000 to win foot break event. He didn't get the win, but that's a guy with some bottom bulb background, some bottom bulb in his genes. And obviously, yeah, he can do that too. And I think if you're making the argument for Caltrera, forget the the huge wins, right? Nobody else won 200 granders last year. Kyle did. Um, I think there's an element, and you can't quantify this, but we talked about 
batting average in, in reference to Aaron Dysinger in reference to Peter Biondo. All of these guys race a bunch. Kyle Couture lives in Maine. And he shows up everywhere that you expect to see him. But my impression is that he's not racing unless it is a marquee event. He's obviously at the flings. He's at the big SFG events. He's at every race that you would expect him to be at. But I don't think there's a lot in between. And he keeps winning at that high level. So the batting average, I think, for Coltrera, incredibly high. Absolutely zero doubt that that Kyle is deserving of this, you know, being discussed in, in this potty award at the, the highest of levels. Uh, Luke, I, I feel like those 100K wins came back-to-back weeks. You, you, you mentioned it was within a month, but uh, – I feel like that was just 100K this week in Ohio and 100K next week in Darlington, if I remember correctly. So, um, you know, either way, within a month or a week, it's incredible to to go out and win two of those with that kind of competition. And then all the other wins and wrapping this season up in Bradenton with that runner-up and that 75K and all the other things that the 6K foot brake runner-up, you know, again, shows some diversity that, Man, that I was unaware of. Right I was unaware that Kyle had that. Uh, I know my events compete with a lot of major top bulb events, but love to see Kyle come test those skills on the mountain with the, with the real foot breakers. But either way, hard to argue with the season he had. Um, I, I think all those seasons are, have been incredible and amazing, but, you know, just slight notch probably goes to the season that Kyle had just because you know, he just continued to do it on a high profile. And, you know, if you're just measuring that final round, uh, I guess the financials in that, uh, you know, he, he obviously did something that the others didn't do. This one was too close to call. Like, again, we could go through these four and it's difficult to discern a clear winner. So we threw it to the fans and this was close. This was really close for a couple of days. And then in the end, one driver pulled away. Big Jed, I am holding the envelope. Can I hand it to you? The winner. Yes, hand hand it off. Of the 2022 potty for the capital G, capital O, capital A, capital T, goat of the year goes to. Congratulations, Kyle Catrera. You are the capital G. OAT GOAT of the 2022 season and very deserving, sir. Congrats. The greatest of all time of 2022. Congrats, Kyle Coltrera. Congrats, Kyle Riley. Congrats, Peter Biondo, Back to the Future Award winner. Congrats to Jake Hodge. Congrats to Troy Williams Jr. and Jeff Sarah. Congrats to my man, Bob Locke. That is the potties. Big Jed, I got to go coach fourth and fifth grade basketball. I know you got commitments. I think that's it. I think that's the show. Yeah, Luke, uh, I know you got a hard stop about five minutes ago, so let's get out of here. Very odd, um, ironic, whatever thing happened here. We had three winners named Kyle, Kyle Bigley, Kyle Riley, and Kyle Cotrera. So officially changing my name to Kyle, Kyle Pennington for 2023. Looking forward to having a great season and, and being talked about a lot by everyone. That wraps us up, guys. Uh, No shout-outs because these people all got significant shout-outs from us tonight. So congratulations to all our potty winners. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate you. Get with us on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page if you got anything that you want to add to any of these discussions or just talk about any show ideas or what have you. Do that right there on the podcast Facebook page where you're watching right now. And Luke and I are on the Twitter. He's at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I. I am at JP11X. We appreciate you, and we can't wait to talk to you again real soon about more Sportsman Drag Racing. Good job, Mark. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer 
to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100-plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>